If we yoke ourselves to the plans of man, the plans of people of this world, we're going to find a very hard way of life. You may think it's normal. No, it's the way of the world. There is another way of life, which is the godly way, which is the way we are to go. And when we learn to take God's way and to do things God's way, the peace of God comes upon us instead of having all of the troubles of this present life. It sounds impossible to live in this world and not be troubled by this world. But if we are very careful to do certain things along the way, we can live in peace as we go through the various problems of this world. I went from being a very ambitious person to being a person who never wanted to do anything at all unless I was absolutely certain God had authored that which I was doing. There was a complete turnaround in my life and in my way of life. It had been very strongly implanted in me to win. My parents didn't teach me that. I don't know where it came from. But it was to win, to excel, to rise above everyone else in anything I was doing. That is called emulation in the Bible. It is a work of the flesh. Well, it was strongly in me. I wasn't born again until I was approximately 37 years old. All of the years prior to that, no matter what I did, I planned to be the best at it. I don't know how I got that way, but that's the way I was. After I was born again, God taught me another way, and I ended up in life being at peace and having an abundance of things by going God's way. And yet it was completely opposite to everything the world teaches and everything I was before I was born again. Pam Paget has such a great testimony on the subject of turning to God and depending on God. She got a job as a secretary at a bank working for a lawyer at the bank. For about two years, she liked it, but then she ran into being bored, and she said to God, please help me to find a job that I enjoy. And she left it as that. One day, the lawyer, who was her boss, asked her if she would do something. Somebody had given them two computers, desktop computers. This was back in 1985. One of them had been taken out of the box, but the other one was, hadn't even been opened. 
And the lawyer said to her, Pam, would you please see if you can find any way that these things could help us? And she said she would do that. But she said she didn't know anything about computers. And would it be all right if she took a course at the local college? And the lawyer said, sure, that would be fine. So they got a listing of courses and selected a course called BASIC in computers. She went to the course the first day, first night, and she found it wasn't about how to use the computer, but rather it was the programming code called BASIC. She stayed in the class the first night, even though she knew she wasn't in the class that she thought she was in. But what happened is she found she absolutely loved the concept of doing code for a computer when she knew nothing at all about computers. So she finished the course and began hunting a job writing code, and she worked for a small software company. They had to let her go because of financial problems. And someone told her about FedEx, who was hiring programmers. She went to the interview, and she said she was just absolutely terrible after the interview, and nobody would hire her for a computer programmer, she was sure. But one person, one manager at FedEx called her and wanted her to come in. He wanted to hire her. Later, after she got to know this guy, she said, why on earth did you hire me? And he said, oh, Pam, this isn't brain surgery. I knew you were a hard worker and would be a very good worker for us and that you would learn what you needed to know, which is exactly describes Pam. And she ended up working for about 20 years for FedEx as a computer programmer and loved it. Until the end, when God began to move her out of there. And he gave her a scripture that said, this is not your rest, and she retired early from FedEx. About a month later, I had a dream showing me to start a blog. Well, Pam's the first person I called because she worked in computers. And I asked if she could set up a blog for us, and she said she had never done that, but she thought she could. Well, within three days, we were publishing on the blog, and Pam continued to do all of our technical work. And then when I started writing books, she did that work the technical work, which was required to publish on Amazon. And then later on podcast, she did the technical work to get us broadcasting on podcast. There is a way, if you're unhappy at your job, there's a way. The thing is, God knows the way, but you don't know the way. So all you have to do is ask him to help you. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. James 1 5. There is a way to victory and to overcoming and to peace and to joy, even while we live on this 
present earth. In fact, we as the church are commissioned by Jesus to overcome in all things. We don't overcome like the world overcomes. We overcome through God, through turning to him in prayer, through seeking his will for us, through being led by the Spirit of God while we live on this earth. We structure our goals a little differently than the world does. Matthew 11 Verses 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto him. How? Prayer. Prayer. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God help me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So first we yoke ourselves to the way of God, to the scriptures, to that which the Holy Spirit shows us. We stumbled around in darkness once, as the world does. But after we're born again, we've got resources this world never dreamed possible of having. We have the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth, reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us, teaches us all things, and shows us things to come. The world would love to have access to this. We have access to this through God. John chapter 14 verse 26 and John chapter 16 verse 13. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to show us the will of God as we live on this earth so we know what to do. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We have great weapons through God that the world never dreams of having. The world stumbles around in the dark and falls over things and they don't even know what it was that pulled them down. We have a tremendous light through God. Therefore, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do we do that? I think we do it every time we follow a scripture. Every time we do a scripture, I think, we lay up treasure in heaven. Every time we ask God what we should do and do that, which we believe God has shown us to do, I think we lay up treasure in heaven. And no thief can steal it from us. We don't have to worry about insuring anything. It will be there when we are ready for it. Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
No man can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Now this sounds like total insanity, but it isn't. It's great wisdom if you can do it. Instead of taking thought for our life, we pray. If there's anything at all that troubles us, we pray, making our requests known unto God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we're going along through the day, and all of a sudden we're concerned about something. Stop and pray. Try to remember to stop and pray. Turn to God with that concern. What would you like God to do for you? There have been times that I start feeling pulled down a little bit in the day and really don't know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of the day. And often I will remember to stop and let my requests be made known to God. And I pray, God, please fill the rest of my day for me. And before I know it, the day is over. God has brought things to my mind to do, and I do those things, and the day ends. If we can do this scripture, we have a wealth, a gold mine, right here with us. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Sometimes when you're a little bit down, start thanking God for what you have. The devil will bring to our minds something negative about someone we know, but we don't have to go that way. You could stop and start thinking of what it is you like about that person. Doesn't mean you're going to be around that person. You don't have to be around the person. But even the people that I am not around, there are things I like about them. With thanksgiving, thank God for the things that you have rather than focusing on the things you don't have. Start thanking God for the things you have. Let your requests be made known to God. Are you unhappy at your job? Ask God to help either to find another job or to help you in the job that you're in. You don't have to make yourself like the job that you hate. God might move you to another job, but you could at least ask God to help you either to find another job or to be content where you are, whichever way, but don't try to do it yourself by your own flesh. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when Jesus says, be 
careful for nothing when he says, take no thought for your life. Part of that has to do with prayer, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness means that which is right in the sight of God. If God tells us to do something, then we are in a position to do his righteousness. Often we plan out our own things and we're unhappy because of what we have planned and gotten ourselves into. When we follow God, his plan, we are in a position to say, God told me to do this. When we are assured that we have prayed and we are doing what the Holy Spirit showed us to do, then our righteousness is of God. So seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, what is right in the sight of God. Not what is right in the sight of man, but what is right in the sight of God. All these things will be added unto you. I don't even know how I got all the things that I have. I'm 82 at the moment. And I have everything I want around me. And I can't even remember really how I got it. But it wasn't by the way of man. I just kept following God and praying and provision was made for me one way or another. Here is a truly miraculous story. When I started in the ministry in 1979, in the middle of 1979, I had no income. I was living off of the money from the merchandise from my business that I sold in my little business in Dallas. I think I had about $22,000 when I, so to speak, went into the ministry, but no prospect of any type of income. So when we set the ministry up, I couldn't afford to pay my Social Security taxes for myself. I could sign a vow of poverty with the IRS and then I would be exempt from Social Security taxes, but I could never have Social Security or Medicare. But I was young at that time and didn't even think about ever needing Medicare. So I told the man who set up all of the papers with the IRS, he was a former IRS agent, and he set up the ministry uh, with the IRS and declared us nonprofit and set me up with papers which I signed for vow of poverty. He didn't want me to sign that because I could never draw Social Security if I signed it. But I signed it. But apparently he didn't record it with the IRS. 20 years later or so, a man got mad at me and turned me into the IRS for them to audit me, hoping to get even with me. The IRS agents, two of them, came to my house, and I gave them all my council checks. And I said, if there's any mistakes whatsoever... It's a mistake. It's not intentional. I'll be happy to pay it and pay penalty. 
Whatever you want is fine with me. Well, they didn't find any mistakes, but they noticed that I hadn't been paying Social Security for myself. And I told them about the vow of poverty. And they said, well, we have no record of it ever having been turned in to IRS. Therefore, if you would like to buy into the Social Security program, you can buy into it. Well, then I had more money. It was 20 years down the road or so. And I said, well, yes, I would like to buy into it. So for $8,000 or so, I was able to buy into Social Security. A few years later, I started drawing checks, uh, monthly checks of $500 a month. That's not much, but it was plenty for me to live on because the ministry paid for the housing. So I could buy my food and clothing with that, and I didn't take a salary anymore. Ten years or so passed, and I had an accident where I fell over a box and had to go to the hospital and have an operation. My left hip was broken. Well, everything was paid through Social Security, and by that time I had supplemental health insurance. Today, 20 years, 30 years after that situation of buying back into Social Security, I have monthly income of $800 a month, and it's plenty for me to support myself and have everything I need through Social Security, which I would not have had if that man hadn't turned me in to IRS all those years ago. It sort of reminds me of Joseph. His brother sold him into slavery, and he ended up running Egypt. God meant it for good. He meant it, the brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The man who turned me into IRS meant it for evil, but God used it for good. And I have found that in our lives. That happens as we go along as Christians trying to do the will of God. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.